Now, prepare your hearts and minds to hear the word God has for us today. God, praise God. Come on, if you are excited to be in the house of God and just privileged, I've learned over these last two years that like this is unusual, this is special, uh, that, that we can't take for granted being able to be together and, and listen to each other's voices and smell people's body odor and like, right? But But for real though, like, you know, two, two years ago when this pandemic started, you know, we, we didn't really, we thought it was going to be like a week-long deal. We were like, oh, we'll be back. I remember when everybody was like, we'll be back in July. Remember that? But, you know, one of the things that I've realized is that when God allows something to exist in the earth, you know, he, he tends to use those wicked, evil things for our good. God is the only one that can take something that's negative, evil, and wicked and manipulate it so that it can be useful and beneficial for us to become more like him. And so I want to tell you, I don't know what the week you just went through looked like, where there was evil, wickedness on your choices, on whether choices somebody else. But I want to tell you in this moment when we're gathering together, this is a holy place, this is a sacred place, and God wants to use that for your good. So I wonder if you would extend your hands and celebrate and worship a good God. I, I wonder if you would extol with your voices and with your lives the goodness and the grandeur of our God. Oh Lord, we declare that you are good. We lift up our voices and we establish you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh God, you can take the evil, wicked things of this world and manipulate it and turn it for our good. So God, we honor your name. We honor your presence. We honor our brothers and our sisters. And today, we say that this ground is holy. This ground is sacred. Uh, the, the, heart, the ground of our hearts is yours, God. So let you be lifted up. Let you be glorified. Let you receive the honor. In the name of Jesus, we declare all the redeemed, all the grateful, all those that are counted as redeemed, would you lift up your voice in this house all online and declare that he is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, listen, have your seats. And uh, if you're just coming in, you came in right on time. You're good. So just slide in a seat. Just slide in. So grateful for you all to be here. My name is David Osborne. My wife and I, Lydia, who y'all, this fine young woman y'all saw up here, that's my wife. So don't get it twisted, fellas. Don't get it twisted. Uh, Bishop is, is, is out of town preaching at one of our, our affiliate churches down in, in Miami. And so uh, Pastor Janine is in the building. Y'all make some noise for our first lady. I said first lady. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was talking about. And uh, it's so good to be here with everybody. Go ahead and get your Bibles out. We're going to jump right into the word, y'all. If The way that I would have done it today, I would have came out with a, a surgeon's uh, coat on. Doctors, nurses, what's that? Is there a term for that? A correct? Lab coat? White coat. That sounded like it made sense. The obvious. 
I'd have had gloves on. I'd have mask on and, and one of those little, uh, what's the light, y'all, when they do this, they got the light right here? Or is that only in the movies? So I would come out there like this today because we're going to do some surgery today. Because, y'all, Pastor Anton last week just, gosh, Pastor Anton told us that you got to do three things. Flee from your past behavior. Flee from your past failures. That touched me right there. And then be filled up with the Spirit of God. We've been talking all season long. We're in this season, season one, which began in, in February. And so now we're in this season called Love Like Jesus. And we've been talking about how do we love in this way so that we can become more like Jesus. That's our cry. This year, we don't, we don't, I, we, I was telling, the, I think it was during the New Year's uh, broadcast. I was like, we don't got no flashy sayings, y'all. Because what I've realized over these last two years, if it don't work, when I don't have to come to church, when I'm dealing with a pandemic, when I'm dealing with injustice, when I'm dealing with job loss, I need it to work at that time. And if that can work, then that is the work. So, so our hope is that you've been diving in with us. Our hope is that you've been getting into the Gospels with us. We, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to start transitioning into the Gospel of Mark. I wanted to share something today out of Matthew, because I believe that as we flee from our, our past failures and our, and, our, and, our, and our past behaviors, God fills us up, and we had a powerful, incredible worship service last week, and my hope is that you've watched that at least two or three times. What I've learned over this last two years is that growth only happens by reputation and, 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 and making sure that you're repeating what it is that you've done because you can't have a reputation of growth, but you're not willing to repeat what's necessary in order to grow. A lot of word has been spoken over these last nine weeks. So I, I want to make sure that you are watching it. Go watch it again. You said, I watched it once or twice. Go watch it again because God still wants to do something in your life. And so our hope today is that you're able to engage with us as we kind of take this, this, this step two or step, or this next step of what it looks like to love like Jesus. Go and get your Bibles out and turn to Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. As we're, we're getting into this, this, um, this text today, you know, I want to shout out all of our first-time guests. If you're in the building for the first time or maybe the first time since the pandemic, y'all just wave at me real, just so I can see y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? What's up? What 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 up? And if you're joining us online, we're so excited for you to join us. But Let's get into the word, because I believe that God wants to speak to us today. This is what Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38 says. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. In verse 36, when, they, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless. I love, I love how, how Jesus acknowledges when people are getting bullied and, and, and they're getting harassed. And they're also helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, as he's seeing the sickness and the illness and, and the helpless and the hopeless, he said, turn to his disciples, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is living. It's active. It, it separates truth from, from, from falsehood and, and, and can get in, the, in the, the depths and the crevices of our hearts, our minds, our bodies. And so, Father, 
over the next few moments that we have together, go to work on us. We're, we're surrendering our heart, we're surrendering our head, we're surrendering our hands and ask you to, by the Spirit of God, to rearrange and adjust so that we can love in a way that goes beyond anything that we've ever seen. You've delivered us to this point and now bring us into the new thing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Real quick, pluck somebody in the throat and say, anatomy of time. Somebody said, that ain't funny no more because we're about to fight somebody. <laughs> We've been talking about this love like Jesus and um, I've been so uh, challenged by this, this discussion uh, because I've realized that I'm not as godly as I thought I was. I know, I know like my wife didn't like need to tell me that, like, but I'm just, no, I'm not as loving as I thought I was. And, and I'm thankful to God because he gives us uh, the ability to, to really like look at our stuff and acknowledge our stuff and be like, your stuff is whack and it needs to be changed. And that's what God has been doing with me. But as I was getting ready for this message, um, I, I've been reading this book. It's called uh, Dilatime. It's by uh, Brother Don Carnes, and he did this incredible um, kind of like expository on my favorite producer of all time, named James Nancy Yancey. Uh, he's uh, some of you all may have heard of him. His name is Jay Dill. He's done phenomenal work. Just just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Producer, And what's interesting about this, how many people are like musicians or like you used to play an instrument, you, even if it was the recorder in elementary school, like that counts too. Like, okay, so, so what I was, when I was reading this, I was like, wow, I was blown away because I, I got like the science of what made James Yancey just incredible musician. There's a thing called straight time, which is how you would do a measure within a rhythm, right? Straight time is basically your, your basic four count. And so we're familiar with straight time because you've heard this. So this is called straight time within music. Okay, straight time. Cool. I'm like, wait, what? Where are you going? I stay with me. I promise, stay with me. Straight time, basic four count, right? There's this other thing that I learned, it's called swing time. Swing time has a little bit more dynamic to it. Something like this. Turn that joint up too. Another version looks like this. Swing time. Don't act like y'all don't know. There's wisdom in that song. So what James Yancey did, he took straight time and swing time and 
combined it and made something completely different that now has like revolutionized how we do music. He created time using a, a MPC pad. It's called, the, we call this Dilaton, Dilaton. I just feel good. Turn it down a little bit. So this is what I've learned about uh, time through through this reading. And as I was looking at our orthopraxy, orthodoxy, and orthopathy uh, diagram, let's throw that up there real quick. Is that God has what we call chronos time, which is just the days of the, of the years and the days and the months and the time, chronological time, how that goes. So we've talked about this orthodoxy and orthopathy and orthopraxy, and then right in the center, there's this sweet spot that growth and maturity can take place. There's this sweet spot where everything that has happened in your life and up to that point, we've learned about it and God begins to correct and get together our thinking and our beliefs and then now our practices so that we can land in this sweet spot, this, this incredible timing of what God wants to do in your life as he matures you in love. And my thought and my hope and my prayer is that we can sit in the pocket of, of this timing that's ordained by God, what we call a kairos time, a kairos moment, which is just a Greek term for when God begins to bring together all your correct thinking and all your corrected beliefs and your practices so that you can lay in the sweet spot of growth that God can mature you into in order to bring you into the new thing that he wants to do. And my my hope for you today, my belief today is that you would surrender to God but delivering you from your past failure. You would surrender that God would get your mind to think the way that he thinks. And then in the, in the ingenuity of time, that this Kairos moment where all these things begin to converge and come together, you can allow God to, to, to literally change how you love other people. And then you can live and, res and, and rest in the pocket of the timing of God so that he can change not just yourself but this region this nation this this country this world because you lay in the pocket of the timing of God that he will elevate you and move you into the thing that he's called for you to do so today I want to talk about the anatomy of time and how we can take our beliefs and our feelings and our actions and, and, and they can all align so that this sweet spot that God has will intersect so that you can become everything that he's ordained for you to be. Your Kairos moment for transformed growth in his love. You see what happens is as these things converge, there's, there's this timing in God where full maturity in him is at work. Full maturity, not immaturity, but full maturity while he's completing and refining and aligning and, and, and getting those things together so that the very love of God is not just this ethereal thing that's out there or this it's this uh, subjective thing that's out there. Or this is just, oh, this is just an object view of, of how we should treat people. No, but rather there is, there is a tangible love that has been created inside of you and then that love that begins to emit out to other people and that, that timing that you 
you begin to walk in is able to do that. So I want to get surgical. I want to get, I want to, I want to break it down on an anatomical level. I want, I want to, if there were some scientists or some doctors or some physicians in here, I, I, I want to take the word of God and allow him to, to get into the beliefs and our practices so that we can actually mature. Who is ready to mature? So this first idea, I want you to write this down. Is it number one, this is what happens when these things converge. That we grow in grace and knowledge of God. We grow in grace and the knowledge of God. This is what 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 18 says. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. I want to deal with these head issues that Bishop talked a little bit about. Because the head issues or, or the, the orthodoxy, the, the views of how we, how we deal with things. I'm going to deal with our head, our heart, and then lastly our hands. And, and, and I believe that, that these are the kind of big head issues that get in the way. This first one is, this is the reason why we get tripped up. Because undeveloped sound biblical doctrine. Undeveloped sound biblical do- I'm not saying you ain't been taught praise God we've been taught but you haven't developed in the biblical sound doctrine and so our beliefs are off here's another thing unorthodox biblical interpretation so there's this thing that we call orthodoxy we've talked about this this is the way that we think about things and how God wants to straighten out our, our thinking so, so then what tends to occur is that people, they, they're submitted to the word. They want the word of God in their lives. But, but then somewhere along the way, somebody comes with something left. And they say, get your blessings on the way. All you got to do is name it and claim it. I, I remember I was in a church. I said this one time and they were like, say, say this, money's coming. Money's. And they said, oh, come on, all church, money and a couple hundred people money's come and I was sitting there like this don't feel right because that's not that's not orthodox that's that's not correct in line and see there's certain things that we have allowed because of our frustration where we have unorthodox biblical interpretation that we have not correctly interpreted the word based on what the writers and and what God the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal at that time so there's unorthodox biblical interpretation and then here's the, the last one that Anton talked a little bit about is undervalued identity in Christ that the stumbling block for us to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of God, we've undervalued our identity in Jesus and who we actually are. So, so, so how do we grow in the grace and the knowledge of God? Lydia actually, we, and we didn't even talk about this. She kind of went into it. There's, there's, there's four things that I want to help us talk about, and my hope is that we can get through all of this. If not, we'll do a part two. But, but there's a couple of orthodox doctrine issues that we got to settle right here, right now. The first one write this down is justification by faith God declares you and I to be righteous based on the perfect life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ justification write that down I'm gonna again we're getting surgical today write it down in Romans chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 Paul says this that therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom uh, we have gained access by faith into this grace 
in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So what happens is Christ's righteousness, his perfect standing, his, his absolute, uh, uh, perfectly holy God absolutely is credited to your account. And that credit of righteousness is credited to your account. Sin is removed and then is replaced with his righteousness, making the relationship with Jesus available because now he begins to, he begins to, to engage us because we are justified. Listen, anybody that will tell you any other way that you are in Christ is false doctrine, is bad beliefs, it's incorrect teaching that you have been justified through faith so that now you are entered into this relationship because the wrath of God, there was sin in the way and that wrath had to be poured out on somebody because he's righteous and holy. So he then sends his son Jesus into the mix and then releases his wrath, his penalty for sin. He releases that onto, onto his son Jesus and then in return, Jesus then gives you his righteousness and now you can stand before a holy God God to say, I'm good. I am justified. The way we used to say it back in the day, it was just as if I didn't do it. I don't care what's happened to you over this last week. I don't care what you've walked through or what you've been through. In Jesus, when you put your faith in him, you then are justified to enjoy this holy God. I wonder if there's some justified people in the building. Sound biblical doctrine. So let's lay that foundation. Justification. Number two. Write this down. Adoption. Adoption. You are now a child of God. Not only are you justified. Not only are you justified. You are now a child of God. 1 Thessalonians verses, uh, chapter 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself... Check this out, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 5. Sorry about that, guys. For he chose in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Listen to this. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship or daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. See, sons and daughters of God, your identity is, is costly because it costs the finished work of the cross, the, the finished work of Jesus for you to be brought in as sons and daughters of God. So anytime anything or anybody tries to get you off the fact that you have been adopted into the family of God, they're lying and they have no power or credit because of the work of Jesus, you then now are now the sons of God and the Bible says, is joint heirs. We are together with the, with the Father because of Jesus. We then has brought us into this family. What does that mean? You can live holy. It means that any, it doesn't matter. Yo, it doesn't matter what happened to you before. I don't care about the abuse. It doesn't matter about the sickness. It don't even matter what you willingly did and you disobeyed God. When you put your faith and hope and confidence in Jesus, you then are brought in to be a son or a daughter of God. That work is done and sealed. It is a wrap. It is over. You are now a son or a daughter of God. Every single day when I talk to my, my boys, I say, sons of God, 
And they all know, they come, they're like, that's me. <laughs> and I just randomly, I just be like, who are you? Uh, Roman. I said, that's not your name. That's your name. That's not who you are. I said, who are you? I'm a son of God. It don't matter what happened last night, sis. Who are you? I'm a daughter of God. <laughs> see, see, see. You have been justified. You have been adopted into the family of God. And now write this third thing down. We'll get our mind right. Sanctification. You see, justification and adoption gives me full access to relationship with God. Now we've got to deal with sanctification. Let me give you this plain word. It's the process by which God makes me holy. This is how he makes us like himself. Is the sanctification of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself, listen, the God that is peaceful, he wants to bring you in to this holiness. So he sanctifies you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, this, this process of sanctification in, in 2 Thessalonians, when he was writing, Paul was writing to the church in Thessalonica, he, he was like, y'all, listen, listen, but we ought to always give thanks to God. Your, your brothers and sisters, we're together. We're adopted, beloved, by the Lord because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. What does that mean? Before you even was trying to be down with him, he chose you. No, 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 listen, listen, David, yeah, but yeah, but, but, but you don't know my family. I don't. It doesn't matter. He chose you. I'm not going to sit here and have a a, a theological debate around who's been chosen and who's not. To me, it's a waste of time. I can have that conversation. To me, it's pointless. I know he chose me, so I'm here. He chose you. He predestined for you to be there. And so that through the sanctification by the spirit and a belief in the truth. Listen to this. You get sanctified by his spirit and your belief in the truth. You will not get sanctified by quoting Instagram quotes. You will not get sanctified by burning sage and rolling around your room. It'll smell good. It won't sanctify nothing. You repeating, I am this, 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 I am this. Money's coming. Money, you know, that's not, that won't sanctify you. The word says... By his spirit, on his truth. If you want to become more like Jesus, it's by his spirit, on his truth. The problem is, we don't know truth. So then we base our our, our identity and our beliefs and and what we think on something that is not real. And then we get frustrated because it don't work. Part of the challenge that we deal with is that we have to understand that that my position, your position, we've been saved by grace, justified by faith, and sanctification, it fixes the condition. So, So this is what sanctification does. Justification and adoption gets us right. But then this is my problem. I've been justified, I'm adopted, but I still sin every single day, a lot of times a day. Anybody else? So what do I, so Paul then, listen how great Jesus is. So then Paul's like, so what am I to do? 
So he offers us the, the sanctification of the spirit of God by the truth of God, and then that fixes the condition that sin still has this tendency inside of us. So don't get, so listen, people throw in the towel of their faith because they're, being, they're still tempted or they're still tripping up or stumbling and they're like, man, I can't do this. No, 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 no. That's actually the proof that God is still working in your life because there's still some stuff that he has to work out in us. And so the truth is, the truth is, I'm really not going to be all together in until I'm, I'm with him in glory. I'm going to be however many years old and still sinning against God and offending people. And it's just, so, so I, don't, I don't trip up on that because the, the moment you begin to trip up on your own decisions, you've, tel- you've taken on what we call a self-righteous attitude. You know what I've just resolved, Joe? I need God. Like, I need God. I'm not one, yeah, and, you, and so those critics have say, oh, y'all, you know, y'all just use religion as a crutch, and, and you know, you take this, this, this view of things. So, so, okay, you live that way. For me, I need God. And my belief in the spirit of God and the truth of God that I've been justified, it fixes the, the, the effects of sin on my daily life. I've been justified. I've been adopted. I've been sanctified. And then y'all listen to this. This is the beauty of being in Jesus. Then he then says, and then not only will you be justified, not only will you be sanctified, not only will will I have adopted you into the family, but now I'm going to justify you and I'm going to bring you into the glorification. I'm going to glorify you later on also in addition to all that. So glorification is being with the Lord when sin is finally removed. There is going to be a day where I will no longer want to do all the things that I don't want to do. <laughs> There's going to be a moment where when we get in glory, this, this, this troubled body of mine, this wretched mind of mine, this, 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 this daily habit that sin is within me and how can I escape it? I'm going to get before Jesus and all of that will be removed and I will be fully developed to the man or the woman that he has called us to be. And then this is also another thing. And then Jesus is going to come back. And then when he comes back, when it's, when it's finally done, he's going to create a new earth and a new heaven. There's not going to be no sun. It's just going to be him and the glory of God. And we will be walking with him in glory. We will have a glorified body. How would you pass up on that deal? The other deal is that you're not with him. And you can be without him. And you can walk arrogantly and proud and say, I don't need God. But see, in your arrogance and your proud, your pride, he will allow you to live that out fully. But see, for those of us that he's called, that he's chosen, that he's predestined, we're adopted, we're justified. He's sanctifying us. And he's going to glorify us. All this sickness and, 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 and craziness and, and wild stuff and, and, and the effects of sin and the, and the creation, all of that's going to go away. And listen, so then what do we do right now? Because <laughs> I get excited about that. So this is what you got to do. Deconstruct bad theology and construct sound doctrine. Deconstruct bad theology and construct sound doctrine. Over the last two years may not know this, but this, this idea of deconstruction has been huge. 
within the body and people trying to say, man, I didn't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I thought this, this is, this, this belief in Jesus has had me to be, think racism or this, this belief in Jesus has me kind of breaking down patriarchy and I realize I've been a part of some of these things. All of those things is good and, and it's good that you deconstruct stuff that doesn't, is not biblical. It's not biblical, but you construct, you reconstruct correct sound doctrine. You see a theology that is unorthodox that doesn't keep Jesus as the central message and the gospel as a center of our hope is flawed. That's why, that's why I, if, 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 if they can go a whole message without proclaiming the gospel, it's bad theology. If you can live in a way, and when I say theology, it's just a study of God, okay? So y'all, let's stay with me. But see, if you can, if you can go a whole three days and not know that you need the gospel with this the death the burial and the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ you can live your life without that without that constant uh that constant compass in your life to center your life what's going to happen is your thoughts and belief will wane on things that are that should be the center of their lives that's what pride and ego does pride centers itself as the main thing and so see when you have a correct theology and a sound doctrine based on the word it corrects and realigns. Here's another one. Decolonize oppressive theology and construct biblical theology that liberates the captive. That's why all that racist teaching and, and the history of the church that's happened in this nation, that's a lie and it is not from God. Anybody that tries to lift that up and says, well, well they were those, those, those oppressors, they gave us the white man's religion. That's not true because the church has been alive and thriving at the very beginning when the church was birthed. There were Africans there. There were black people there. There were Nubians there at the very beginning. So some of y'all have bought into some of that false teaching because you were frustrated with the church that you grew up in like well that's a white man's religion no it's not it's always been there were christians in northern africa there were there were people that were followers of the way in in all different parts of north africa and even down to eastern africa and now it was brought into to the gospel way they, they brought that into this world and they brought it even into this nation and so yes we acknowledge the the failure of, of some of these churches and the failure of these people that, that proclaim this to be a free land and they own slaves. That's hypocrisy. But that is not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus said, I come to set the captives free. And, 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 a, and a true authentic gospel should liberate the brokenhearted. It should liberate the marginalized. It should liberate people that are without hope and without faith and are enslaved by a system that's oppressive. A true gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ will save, heal, and deliver and set those that are captive free in the name of Jesus. All y'all is wondering about this, why I do this. Did a, did a couple years ago, we did a, um, you know, AfricanAncestry.com. Go do it. Check out where you're from. It'll blow your mind. My, my father's Jamaican, right? Most of the, the people that were dropped off in the Caribbean before those that came through America, through the transatlantic slave movement, they were from West Africa, as we know. And I found out I'm, I'm like half of my blood is Nigerian. So I was, in, I, was in, I was in Atlanta one time, and I was at this, this store, and I, was, I saw these, these pieces. I love 
I've been wearing crosses for a long time. So I, I love these. And I saw these beads. And, she, and the, the Nigerian woman said, these are, these are beads from Nigeria. And I said, give me the, give me the Coptic cross. The cross that the Ethiopians initiated when the gospel was sent. At the very beginning, give me that cross. So I, I wear this as a reminder that this faith is mine. This, this, this faith is, is not the, the, the oppressive beliefs of somebody that, that didn't know God and just wanted to keep their own. No. And it can come and set captives free. You see, not only do you decolonize oppressive theology, but then you deactivate man-centered theology and construct a Christocentric theology. A Christocentric theology. What that means is that your, your teaching should all be centered in Jesus. And if you are building your faith on anything other than Jesus, it is going to fail and fall. That's the reason why a lot of stuff has been happening with the churches over the last couple of years. And stuff fall, shoo, 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 shoo. People just fall and fall and fall and fall. And, and people are messed up because you built your faith on something that wasn't Jesus. You built your faith on your American Western idea of what cool was. Or you built your faith on something that was not really Jesus. And so then it fails because only, the, only your faith that is built on the, uh, uh, the cornerstone, as the Bible says, is the, the chief cornerstone in Jesus. That is the thing that will, will remain and be kept in him. Derek Barbie, one of our pastors, resident theologian in here, he helped me out with this idea that a theology that centers you and not Jesus or his kingdom, it will not stand. And then you will be frustrated. But see, listen, as you deal with the head issues of some bad teaching and you get in orthodox, in line, there's a timing that God wants to bring you into that will help you understand and be moved so that now when he says, love your neighbor, when he says, oh, part of the challenge today, you all, I call it like the multiverse. It's like, we don't even know what right is right and wrong is wrong. And we call things that are right wrong and things that are wrong right. And everybody has an opinion on, a thousand different opinions on something that's clearly wrong. Y'all shared some of those opinions this past week. I call it the multiverse. This bizarro world. But see, the way that you get that corrected is that you center your affections and your, and your, your thinking in Jesus. Listen. And whatever he says, you don't argue with it because you're his son, you're his daughter. He's cleaning you up so you know you got to hear it. And then now you embrace it. And as he sanctifies you, he then begins to move you into the place where you can look more like him. Y'all, there's so much more that I had to say, but I'm going to stop. I, I literally, there's like one point, but we'll continue it on. Let's go ahead, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Let's pray.
I want to pray for two people. I want to pray for people in here. It said, David, my, I struggle with embracing the fact that Jesus would decide to do all that for me because of what I've been through. You guys turn it down. So I want all heads bowed, all eyes closed. You're here. You're saying, David, you have no clue what I've been through or what I've walked through and, and how I just stumbled in here. But I feel like the spirit of God is saying, son or daughter, I've called you to be my own. That's why you wrestle with me. That's why you struggle with me. You feel that tension me drawn to you. That's the spirit of God. As truth has been proclaimed that he wants to draw you to himself. Right here with nobody watching, nobody looking. If you're here and you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ, that I can now be a son or daughter of God, adopted into the family, that he will clean you and make you a new person, completely new, free from all your past issues and brought you into this new life that's available. You know, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up high. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. I see you, bro. I see you, sis. I see you. Hey, could you do me a, a, a favor and just wherever you are, just, just say excuse me to the person on the left or right of you and then come over here and come meet me right up here at the front because there's, there's salvation that's here for you. He will save you. He will deliver you. He will bring you into this new life. Come on, walk, walk up to me at the front. Meet me right here. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's looking at you. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Just walk, just walk, just walk, just walk, just walk. Just walk. He's bringing you into this new life. Salvation is here. Love is here. Freedom is here. And you are his. He chose you. He predestined for you to be in this family. You've been trying to run life on your own terms and run life based on your own condition. But now freedom and liberty is found in Jesus right here. And then the second group of people I want to pray for, you said, David, I need to get correct some of my thinking and some of my view. It's been off. It's been off. That's why I keep running into those same issues. I, I, know, I'm, I know I'm free, but I still get, I'm still bound. No, because you, you haven't embraced the freedom that's in him. You, 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 you struggle because some of the teachings that maybe you were brought up in, while, while those people were, had good motives, but it was, it was bad doctrine, and you've built your life on some of those things, and, and now God wants to correct those things. If that's you, raise your hand and say, Lord, I, I need to embrace the right head issues so that I can be made new. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me for those my sister and my brothers that are in, in the audience. I saw several hands go up, so we're going to repeat this prayer so that we can be brought into the family of God. If you're online, you can do the same thing. You can repeat this prayer after me. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. I give you my past. I give you my future. And I give you your present. Right now. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on a cross. And I believe you rose again. I'm yours from this day forward. 
Father, I pray for these brothers and sisters that have raised their hands and that are online. And my sister right here, I pray, Jesus, that you would bring them into this newness of life that is found as they've been adopted into the family of God. I pray, God, that old, old habits and condemnation, all that stuff goes away. And now they're created new in you because of the work of Jesus Christ. We celebrate a new life and a new start and new beginnings today in the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all, make some noise for our... So check it. My brother right here, we just want to spend like a couple minutes with you. We got some materials for you so we can let you know what it means to be a part of this family, okay? We don't want anything from you at all. We're just going to give you some information to help you grow and see what's next. Can you follow my brother right over here? Y'all make some noise. And check it. If you raise your hand and you didn't want to come up, there's a hallway right over there. You can meet us out there right after service and we'll walk with you. Come on, y'all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for getting our timing right, God. Lord, you're, you're doing a work in us right now. We want to rest in the pocket where you can mature us and grow us and develop us so that we can love the way you want us to love. Help us, Jesus. We don't trust our, put our hope and our faith and our confidence in ourselves or in what we thought we knew or how much we've experienced. But Jesus, we put our faith and our confidence in you so that you can make us all that you would have for us to be for your glory. You've sanctified us. You've justified us. You've adopted us into the family. Change our thinking, our correct, correct our, our ways so that we can build a foundation on the truth of your word by the spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, love you guys so much. Listen, real quick. Wednesday, it's going down. First Wednesday. Everybody come out. Bishop's going to be in the building. We're going to be preaching. We're going to spend some time with revivalists. And we're also doing communion. Make sure you come back Wednesday, 730. It's going to be live. Love on somebody. Hug on somebody. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see y'all next time.